0: sensible humans generally agree balanced meals do the body good. Too bad nobody knows what the hell balanced meal means. Today Dr. Cashy discusses some rational components of constructive eating in the context of balance. Roll the intro! Hello. Oh yeah, that's way better. We need to achieve balance. (laughs) Oh man. Hello and welcome to ah, Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy. And on today's episode, you and I are continuing up Dr. Kashy's hierarchy there. Are you happy now? The hierarchy of constructive eating. I've also taken a liking to calling it the constructive eater's hierarchy. So I'll flippy floppy do between them until I, you know, I'll I'll use them both. They all make sense to me. So on this episode, you and I are moving up in the world from patterns. See if I get myself square here from patterns up to balance. Wow, we're doing pretty good. We doing pretty good. We got tons of stuff to cover today. Holy cow. Lots of stuff going on. But first, okay, this was almost a nerd rage. (laughs) Uh, Alas, I had to hold it back a little because I wanted to have some semblance of order here. Uh, But you'll see where I'm coming from as this unfolds, I think. Uh, First, an ultra-quick review of the Constructive Eater's hierarchy with our trusty Whiteboard of Wisdom. All right, behold, Dr. Keshe's hierarchy, hierarchy of constructive eating. We start with enough. Literally getting adequate metabolizable carbon for what you need. Patterns. Structured eating. Getting enough at regular and or regulated intervals every day. Balance. This is where we are right now. Equitable and relevant to you distribution between the food groups. Then move up to variety, where you try different foods and methods further improving your meal time, reward, and satisfaction. And last, you have novelty. Fancy timing, immunomodulation, bioactivity performance, and other complicated stuff. Woo! So as you master Each level, your eating competence grows until you blossom into the constructive eater you were always meant to be. Easy peasy. All right, get oriented here. So in this episode, you are learning. One, again, you have made it this far. The only reason you are here is because everyone before you got to where they did. That even though you and I are focusing on on balance, we are focusing on balance. This is still about how you eat more than what you're eating. And yes, it is that important. Number three, logistical balance is more important than nutritive balance. Dr. Kashi firmly believes one begets the other. Okay. And how to logistically balance perfectly every day, every time. Trade secrets revealed here. Just saying. Okay. Remember the episode where Dr. Kashi went over getting enough, right? Where I was like, hey, you've made it this far. This is far more to do with strategy instead of rules and tools instead of trivia. So I hope that's okay with you. Over, you know, like let's say a a gajillion years ago, every single surviving culture invested thousands and thousands of those years into experimenting with what edible things they had accessible to them and figured out amazingly what combinations of foods kept them alive and more importantly, reproducing. How on earth did they do that before the FDA was around? Holy cannoli. If they failed at it, then while well, the family trees would have been suitably short and presumably having their progeny around to talk about their cuisine would be preposterous. The amazing number of cultures and cuisines all taking exclusive advantage of what was available locally is a testament to how you can find balance flexibly. This is good, okay? This was well before, like I said, there was any real understanding of vitamins, minerals, carbs, fats, and all the other nonsense that now serves to confuse and overwhelm you. To the point of throwing up your hands in overwhelm and destroying a sleeve of cookies anyway. (sighs) Again, remember, I'm gonna keep pounding this in. You've made it this far. Therefore, it is okay to give yourself permission to eat, especially the things you like, okay? Having a house full of food with nothing to eat is a big problem, okay? This is where things end up getting funky. Uh, (laughs) You all know what I'm talking about. And this is the first step of achieving logistical balance uh having a house full of food and knowing what to do with it (laughs) It, if if you fail or neglect to figure out what to do with it and there is therefore nothing to eat despite having a stock then it erodes trust in yourself your permission to eat and disciplined eating erode with it when you're putting together meals there are three priorities to keep in mind one is it feasible to make this in bulk or convenient enough to make it regularly thereby covering multiple meals or relatively passive in its preparation? Two, is it satisfying? And three, does it contain foods you enjoy? Point three is where problems begin to reveal themselves. So let's get to know this problem a bit more. This last point is interesting for many people uh, because when I talk about eating foods you like and enjoy it frequently, the typical response you end up getting is like, well, I guess it's pizza and milkshakes for me. Uh, it happens all the time every day and i see two things here when i see this sort of uh, this sort of response one is that appealing to foolish extremes is really just an immature attempt at humor uh, even if only a little bit it damages your permission and discipline required to become a competent constructive and rational eater just by going through that just by going through that cognitive looping even in jest okay and even if you are genuinely joking and many people are there are other people that are reading, watching, and listening, and they will internalize that joke as reinforcement of their currently restrained, chaotic, and destructive eating patterns. So keep that in mind too. Okay? They might even think it's funny, but it still acts as a way to reinforce how they currently think, feel, and what they do. Right? And then number two, that your palate requires maturation, and that's okay. That's good, okay? And one of the previous episodes on constructive eating, when I talk about incorporating foods you enjoy, there are invariable cracks, right, about, about purposefully integrating more contemporary junk foods as a means of fulfilling the requirements for enough. And I'll throw our man Isaac here under the bus because he mentioned that a couple days ago uh, because he's a good sport. And when he cracked in jest, right, joking, so more donuts then. And yes, indeed, more donuts, okay? So here's Dr. Cashy's response to that. Uh, if that is what you like, then it behooves you to incorporate it frequently. If that's all you like, then it's a great opportunity to improve your eating competence and move up move up a level. Uh, to that end, it's perfectly fine and even a greater priority to achieve logistical balance with your food, sticking with super simple, highly palatable foods. Uh, achieving this before striving for more, striving for more like arbitrary, damaging and, and virtuous nutritional balance, because that's where the garbage like clean eating comes from, okay? However, this is also a great indicator, again, that your palate requires maturation and thus the development of permission, discipline, and overall eating competence. Liking donuts is fine. If donuts and chicken nuggets are all you like, well, then it's, it's an opportunity to develop some other skills and character traits, right? Why? Because as eating competence improves, enjoyment and satisfaction of a wider variety of foods come with it. And this is why variety is near the top of the hierarchy. This is why food variety which is effectively effectively the nutritious part of food, right? <laughs> Funny enough. That's it that's why it's at a higher level. It's actually I think is less important than the other ones <clears throat> because because there needs to be a conditioning of permission discipline and overall food acceptance for it to stick and integrate to become a constructive and rational eater like internally versus just I'm forcing myself to do these things because I think it is the best thing to do and I will get in trouble if I do something else or people will help me or whatever, okay? Moreover, since you figured out what enough is for you, since, you, since, we've, since we now we know how to figure out what enough is and, and the patterns in which to get enough regularly at regulated intervals, you're now in the perfect position to take massive strides to develop your permission, discipline, and competence and use that balance, use that to balance how you're eating with the list of foods that you do like. And that does get tremendous results on its own. And when you, when you work with me, you know that this is how I end up incorporating it as you, as you go through the process. As you get onboarded and taught, hopefully this starts to make sense as to the philosophy of why I do things the way I do why we do that. And this is part of why Dr. likes it starts with enough. Literally getting enough metabolizable carbon for your situation. This allows you to stick with the foods that are safe, effectively, to build up the patterns and permission and discipline to slowly but surely incorporate more foods. And this is how and why the hierarchy has such fluid and instinctive transitions into becoming a competent and rational eater. These all build on each other on purpose. You know, they're drawn as discrete levels, but they're really quite fluid and fuzzy, and that's why there are instinctive trend and fluid transitions between them. Okay? With this explanation, I hope it sheds light on why variety and even, even nutrition is lower priority for me than these other three logistically-oriented levels of the hierarchy, serving as the bedrock for constructive eating. Okay? Therefore, you and I move toward a solution, achieving logistical balance every time. If getting enough is making sure you get enough metabolizable carbon for your situation, then this step is to balance that metabolizable carbon like any other resource. And we split this metabolizable carbon into a few colloquially recognizable food categories. So when using the science of hindsight, looking back at the the things that you previously ate, what you like to eat, and how your body has trended over that period of time, you can look back at the day-to-day and the previous weeks and, and see what it communicates. Again, since you've made it this far in your life, Stick all the arbitrary, virtuous, good for you, balanced, clean, dirty stuff on the back burner for now, and look at what you're already doing, because strictly speaking, it is enough, okay? To that end, how much roughage is enough for you? How much starch is enough for you? How much protein is enough for you? How much fat is enough for you? This is a series of trick questions because you eat food, and food has got bits and bobs of other biochemical mishmashes. And this is especially the case when, when internalizing Dr. Kashi's axiom of prioritizing foods that are ingredients rather than prioritizing foods with ingredients. They all have all sorts of stuff in them, a combination. And so we're going to account for that in our logistical planning, okay? This is where Dr. Kashi shares his trade secret to logistically balancing entire weeks, days, and even down to meals, and they all follow the exact same pattern. It's just a matter of scale. It's just a matter of scale. So before you begin, see if I can actually, we can do this in real time. So before we, f- we begin, your first priority is to square away your advanced meals. Priority one is to square away your advanced foods. I'm sorry, your advanced foods. This is where you allot foods that have ingredients instead of foods with ingredients. This is also where you allot for foods with meaningful amounts of the other three major nutrients, your protein, your starch, and your fat, like oats, peanut butter, or dairy, right? They, all ha- they have all three of the major nutrients in them, or, or strange combinations such as fat and starch, like avocado or coconut, for instance. They, you know, they have strange distribution of nutrients. Trying to fit in all of your advanced foods, trying to fit that in... Uh, at the last second makes your life a big headache, <laughs> okay? Now you can assume that we can start from the beginning. So when we, when we essentially account for all of those advanced foods with multiple nutrient types in them, that leaves, us with, that leaves us with the rest of the enough that we need to account for, all right? So then priority one, or I guess the, the next priority here is roughage, roughage. This can also be loosely described as your green stuff. So, your advanced foods first and then your roughage second. This is where you include all your plants and your colors and making sure that you have some form of them you like each meal or that there's a weighted distribution of them throughout your day. For instance, many competent eaters regularly forego vegetables in many of their individual meals, instead, maybe having a huge salad that has all sorts of colors and flavors and they get all the roughage they need. For simplicity's sake, at the beginning, it's best to start with a reasonable amount of roughage for the day and distributing that at each meal, it just makes things simpler. And roughage foods also include a bit of starch and a small amount of protein. So again, the advanced foods contain all three of the major nutrients, and then roughage contains protein and a little bit, a little bit of protein and a little bit of starch, too. For that reason, now we can start going into our major food groups, the first one being the first one being starch. The first one being starch. So, we're gonna talk about starch right now. This is where you incorporate your various carbohydrate sources like rice, potatoes, legumes, fruit, etc. And this is where you balance how much starch is enough for you here, right? Yes, I know legumes have protein in them. There's still a starch source far more than a protein source. Indeed, this is why you prioritize starch and roughage before protein, because roughage sources and starch sources and your advanced foods all have protein in them, (laughs) okay? So this is where you totally balance out how much starch you have. Now that the starch is balanced, we can move on to our protein, right? Wish I had a prop for that. Maybe I'll just flex at the screen. Two, I almost wrote flex on the board. Wow, typos in real time. Protein. Number two, protein. Oh! Okay, that is the that is prop for protein. The advanced foods, starch, and all the roughage add up to a fair bit of your protein pool. So for that reason, this is where you incorporate your more concentrated protein sources. Most notably, your meat, seafood, poultry, pork, and eggs balance out how much protein you need eat here. Right? Your advanced foods, your roughage, and your starch, they all contain protein in them. So this is where you balance it out at the protein at, like when you get to your, to your concentrated protein foods. And then last, you have the fats. And Bob the Blob here is here to give us what we need for fats, Right, Like the protein sources, you probably get some fat when you incorporate your advanced foods and the protein sources that you have have fat included in them too. This is why we can leave this for last. So now all you need to do is balance out your fats by adding your favorite oils and butter. And wham bam, your day is perfectly and logistically balanced, woo! All right, so here's the concise summary of all that. Advanced foods and roughage first. Advanced foods and roughage first. They contain, when combined, fat, protein, and starch, right? So then your food priority group number one is starch is starch. (laughs) Balance your starch here and you get a little bit of protein that goes with it. That's important to know. Then, food group priority two is your proteins. Balance your protein here and then you get a little bit of fat as a bonus because a lot of fat comes with your protein sources. And that's why food group priority three is your fat, because fat If you have your starch and your proteins already balanced, all you have left is fat that you need to deal with, and so you balance that out with your favorite oils and butter, and then, wha-bam, your day is perfectly and logistically balanced. So, in conclusion, you've learned, one, that you've made it this far, and you were only here because of people before you made it as far as they did. Two, how to logistically balance your days and subsequently your meals perfectly based on what is enough for you, which you've discovered first by being an active participant in your eating, and then through the development of your patterns through the integration of Dr. Cash's milestone method of auto-regulated feeding. Number three, how you eat is still more important than what you eat. And number four, logistical balance is more important than nutritive balance. And Dr. Kashi firmly believes that one begets the other when going through the constructive eater's hierarchy in the proper sequence. So if you're interested in becoming a constructive and rational eater, then make sure to let Dr. Kashi know by sending him a message and leaving him a comment because he gets back to all of them. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Kashi? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Kashi is out!